What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Game Time podcast. My name is Jet. This is episode number 47, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Eric. Eric, how you Episode doing 47 is the Dexter clink scale episode he played if you how do you guys not like if you're like who is dexter clink scale how do you guys not know him he played in the 1980s with the colts and the cowboys played 79 nfl games yes he played in the nfl if you did not know that uh, what position did he play <laughs> he uh oh obviously it was a safety i mean that, that's a known <laughs> if you're a dexter clink scale fan i'm sure our, our colts and cowboys listeners out there know know a lot about him oh I bet Tommy knows Tommy, all about does. I mean, Dexter Clink scale. I mean, he had he had a touchdown. He had one <laughs> touchdown in his career. I'm sure that was a very exciting moment for him. Um, in college, he was a three-time All-Mac player. Uh, that's Ooh, in the, the Mac division. Yeah, the, the Mac conference. Uh, the Mid-Eastern <laughs> Athletic Conference, to be specific, as I click on that to make sure what that is. Uh, he went to South Carolina State. He went undrafted, so he was one of those gems him. that Jim's in the rough. Diamonds <laughs> in the rough. Now yeah. clink, clink scale. Dexter clink scale. Yeah. Now that's a last name. That is a last. That's name. That's a last name you do not hear anymore. No, and that's why we're highlighting him because <laughs> we we want this last name to somehow be brought back into our into our. What world. does he have? Like a grandson um, or? Uh, Dexter Clinkscale yeah, Jr. I mean, Wikipedia <laughs> only tells you so much about this guy, you know? Nothing about his personal life, nothing really, nothing really to give That's me. so disrespectful. Man I start mean. man played 6 years yeah. in the NFL. I mean if if he's listening right now, we really appreciate it. Uh tell your friends. It's friend, an high honor to have yeah, an episode named tell, after you. Tell your teammates if they're uh, still around. <laughs> um yeah. Um thank you Dexter. Welcome back to the uh, podcast, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, it should be a p- shorter episode because there's not a lot of sporting news. Surprisingly, I mean, surprise. Yeah, well, um, it had to cool down at one I point. Guess. Yeah. It was it was spicing it hot is, yeah. for like three weeks. Yeah. I would have to say. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was <laughs> a like it was a three weeks to remember. That's for sure. I mean, obviously, we were just, our expectations were so high that like before this episode started, we were thinking there has to be something, but there isn't. There isn't. There, there so is, but there isn't. There is. <laughs> yeah, there is, but there really isn't. So I mean, this this will definitely be a shorter episode. Yeah. A little bit more, probably tomfoolery to. To make the time pass by. Actually, I, I have I have a special thing I want to get to at the end that I just thought of. I I, I, mean, I didn't discuss this with with, with Eric. Um, it's it's in regards to the NFL uh, coaches and owners meeting that's usually held every year. In Wait, the <laughs> picture? Are you talking about? No. What are you ta- <laughs> talking about? The picture? No, I found another. I just really thought of a new topic to talk about today. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're, you're thinking about a picture? You no, know, it's it's a it's an annual tradition where they take a picture of all the coaches and all the coaches the poses they're in. People come up with different memes <laughs> about each picture. Oh so I no! I was gonna read some of those. Okay. The uh, actual important news, hard hitting, Big J journalism news. Yeah. Is the playoff picture? The playoff picture. I'm sorry, sorry. Overtime in the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> That is right. <laughs> That's something that is, to talk about. That is big news. To where each we'll start off with that. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. And then we have Instagram polls to get into after. So. Okay, yeah. We'll start off with this because just so we don't forget. Yeah. Um the NFL owners 
ruled in favor of uh, the new rule where in exclusive, exclusively in the playoffs, each team will have the the uh, will get the ball in o- OT, which uh, back when all the controversy happened, I was saying like you can just do this for playoffs. Yeah, and it seemed I'm I'm so happy for it. Right. I know Josh. Can, can we get a round of applause on the uh, the soundboard? Or is it, is it not? <laughs> I'm I'm worried. I don't know which button it is. Okay, let's just uh, <laughs> wait. I can try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. I'm gonna. Uh, it's gonna <laughs> give me a sec. No, not that one. Not that one. No, it's not in there. Okay, well, just en- envision the round of applause right now. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Congrats to the NFL for finally getting this right. Just took too long, and obviously teams have teams have suffered because of it. And yeah. Josh um, Allen is Josh ex- Allen ecstatic. Yeah, uh, Joe Burr almost did. Obviously, it didn't didn't affect him in the end. But glad this rule has been changed. Surprisingly, there were three teams that voted against this rule. Who were they? One of those teams were my Miami Dolphins. Of course, they were. Um, which which makes sense. It does considering our our quarterback position and you know so on and so forth. I get that, but um, I'm happy that this rule. Has finally come into effect. Uh, both teams did definitely deserve to get a chance at overtime, and we'll see how this affects the uh, game going forward. Yeah. Um. Do you think there's a chance that at one point they'll implement it into the regular season? I I think it eventually will be. Get rid of that yeah. bullshit tie. What is this hockey? I know, but like, can you really keep playing? Like, it, it's a it's Dude, taxing what, as it is to play it? four quarters. Uh. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying, like, do the OT rules in which each team gets the ball, and then if no, if it's still tied, then uh, after OT, then you just give it a tie. How about let's put it down to the kickers, and let's just do yeah. a shootout-style uh, penalty kick, soccer-style kicker. shooter yeah. is winning it all. Yeah, like something. Imagine the Super Bowl goes down to a kickoff. I mean, why not? Ratings I, would explode. <laughs> I think that would, I honestly think it'd be entertaining. I would. Yeah, I, I really do. Better than the MLB ruling to have a man on second in the extra innings. You're not gonna go. You're not gonna go to a friend and friend being like, "There's a ghost runner on second base in in extra innings in the MLB yeah. regular season game." But you're telling <laughs> McPherson's about to do a shoot off. <laughs> I mean, everyone's sus- rushing to the, the TV. The suspense would be insane. Like from the point that that ball is snapped to the to the point that that ball is kicked, like that that is that would be now best now if that as a kickoff. Is it like free kicking or is there like is it like a normal field goal? Like unit? a normal field goal. Okay, yeah, like yeah. you have a defense trying oh, yeah, to block it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that, yeah. Sign me up for that, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> there goes video. <laughs> as we as we sort through these technical difficulties, we ask you that you bear with us and remember that Bolt Bar is still a proud brand ambassador of the It's Game Podcast. It's Game Time Podcast. We do not want you to forget that. Um, if you want to buy Bolt Bar today, use the promo code ITZ fourteen twenty eight. But uh, back to what we were talking about, um, Eric. Um, technical yeah. difficulties are sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Built Bar. Yeah. Uh, shout out to them. But you know what? We don't need the video right now. Uh, we, have a, we have a lot of other stuff. Oh, a lot. What am I saying? A lot. We have some other stuff to get to. Um, Instagram polls. Would you like to yeah. get into that? Yeah. Can't, apparently, it was all uh, Dolphins related. Yeah, so that's why I forgot about it. Yeah. Some of it was. Uh, yeah. A bulk of the questions. Um, the first one was, 
Which wide receiver duo of the ones listed is the best duo in the league? The options were Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Um, the winner of this poll was Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro with six votes. Um, I guess you can make an argument for that. I still believe Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are the best wide receiver duo. You know, I voted for them. You know why? Why? Because of Hunter Renfro. I know you did, yeah, but what about Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill? You had both of them on your, your fantasy team. Yeah, but I also had – well, I traded and drafted those guys. True. I picked up Hunter Info, yeah. off the streets of the waiver. Yeah, I mean – You want to tell the people what my uh, – for the, Dyna- um, the Dynasty League, what my username is? Um, Waiver Wire Queen, I think it no, said. No, it was no. a king. It was king. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. Because I, I am the Waiver Wire King. Waiver Wire King. Ben was asking. Ben was talking to me. He's like, "Do you think that? Do you think he knows that's you?" And I was like, "He knows." That's Obviously, yeah. Uh, I mean, Eric has rightfully uh, deserved that name um, with his efforts in the Waiver Wire. We'll see if it's sustainable. Obviously, what goes up must come down. That's my motto that, that I tr- truly live by each That's and every fine. Day. My trade game can go up. <laughs> <laughs> True. There you go. That, that's something to look forward to for Eric's fantasy football resume for his trading. Jeff's just mad that like I just <laughs> I do less research. Well, no. The, well, the thing is, you know, we can talk here, talk all about like Eric improving his trading uh, prowess, uh, to say the least. But if you don't make any trades, there's no really way of knowing if you're going to ever improve and i don't expect him to really we're focused on waiver wire man my waiver wire game is uh it's crazy you try to find you you're trying to get the secret formula out of me and i'm just not giving i don't need the secret formula i have my own formula (laughs) it's not working it's not working which it needs to need some tinkering to be to be honest Um, but that's what we do in the off season we we sit down every once in a while crunch crunch the numbers make a new secret formula hopefully it works obviously eric has his Patent pending, obviously, because he doesn't want anyone else to get a hold of that. <laughs> Absolutely but, uh, not. No, I'm sorry, guys. I will not be giving out any waiver wire tips on the podcast at any point. But anyways, just just like I expected pre-podcast, we were going to find time for something because somehow we always find a way to, to make time for uh, other nonsense topics <laughs> that we get into the show. Nonsense? <laughs> waiver wire king is not nonsense. Uh, but anyway, guys, um, the next question was, how many games will the Dolphins win in 2022? The large majority of people said they will win between 8 and 11 games. I think that is a very reasonable number. I could see them getting to 12 wins, but it's going to be very tough considering the competition they have to deal with in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eric is on the same page, as, of course, as always. If um, I don't respond, you know that's like, yeah, I, I um, agree. He's just upset. We can't talk about it. It's poor, poor Giants. Stop. We just um, stole your head. You're wanting you want of a head coach. Nope. I always wanted Mike, Daniel, Mike McDaniel from the beginning. So. <laughs> We'll see no. where both of these guys are in. No, in a I know you years. wanted Josh McDaniels from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next question was: How many home runs? Switching the gears to baseball, how many home runs will Freddie Freeman hit in twenty? Have some, have some enthusiasm, <laughs> damn! <laughs> how many home runs? <laughs> and by the way, guys, I did make an error on this poll. Um, for the fourth choice, it said thirty-two. It should have said thirty-two plus, but I thir- put thirty-two star. So I'm, I'm assuming people understood what that meant. Um, I hope. <laughs> I mean, it just made sense. But what uh, did the people choose? Uh, people chose between twenty-four and thirty-one. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, three people voted for thirty-two plus. 
no one voted for between zero and twenty three. So. Unless he gets injured. Right, unless he gets injured as I continue to talk in this monotone voice. <laughs> um, the next question was, most likely... There we go. <laughs> most likely Sweet 16 updates uh, upset. So we're taking it back two rounds because obviously the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 have happened. Um, the choices were number 15, St. Peter's, over number 3, Purdue. That did happen. St. Peter's did beat number 3, Purdue. Um the other one was number four Providence over number one number one Kansas that did not happen. Number eight North Carolina over number four UCLA that did happen, and number eleven Iowa State over number ten Miami that did not happen. So two of these four did happen. The one that was picked the most was number eight North Carolina over number four UCLA. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> Um, we'll be oh. talking about the final four matchup at the end of this episode. Yes, whenever we will. That may be. We will. We'll After we get is. to some other other special segments now that I have, and this this one I'm expecting a response from Eric on. Um, have you seen Netflix's Drive to Survive? Eight uh, of the uh, let's just say sixty plus percent of the votes said no. That's so disappointing. Thirty three percent said yes. Um, I'm now in that yes. I'm on season two, uh, season one. <laughs> what am I saying? Season one, episode one and a half in the <laughs> middle of episode. Two. Episode two, um, yeah, great, great start. Um, not really sure what this guy's name is, but just a shout out to the uh, guy in the pit crew that just you know just decided that he forgot to know how to change a tire. Um, it seems like that's really part of his job description, and for him to not be able to do that, it's really disappointing. Um, really hurt their chances. Forget the, the car, hey. but uh, <laughs> you know, keep it going. Um, Magnuson, I think, was one of the racers that he was. The Magnuson was one of the racers in that group. I, that's, I believe. <laughs> yes. I don't know what group you're talking about. <laughs> the guy with the mustache. Gro- Grosjean? Yeah, it's like, you know, you've seen it. I really the, don't know what you're talking about. The second episode with... Haas? Haas, yes. Haas. Haas. Okay, you're talking about the racing group. Kevin Magnuson. Is he still around? This he is. is. Back in 2018. So. No, he still is. He actually took a year off, but right now he is in eighth place. Great transition right there. Who is he with? He's, I'm sure I'm assuming he's not with. He's with Haas. Oh, man. he still is with Haas. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I, I know a lot of these guys, you know, change. Yeah. Their Great transition because there was a race that happened this past weekend, guys. <sighs> it was the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, and man, did it not disappoint. And your boy, your guy... Max Verstappen yeah. ended up winning it. Yeah, for the ones who watched it, um, it was definitely a in, intense race towards the end. I still got to see the final few laps while Eric, I don't believe, watched it. Unfortunately, I had other right, right, that's right. Of course, demanding my attention. Um, of course, yeah, um, yeah. Max Verstappen, uh, back to the top once again. Uh, can't can't remember the rest of the you know two and three at the top of my head it was charles leclerc and carlos sign right exactly yeah yeah um, and then it was sergio perez and then it was george russell rounding out the top five what um i was unfor- unfortunately i was not able to watch the race because i was at a spring training game taking a bunch of notes and stuff like that on the rays and braves braves did not want to that i'll be honest not a fun game to watch had a fun time with yeah. my with family member yeah but it was not a fun game to watch no runs were scored until the eighth <laughs> inning the Rays did not hit get a hit until the seventh inning oh. the uh the Braves also just batted travis darnell as the only starter to hit mm. charlie morton did pitch though which was That's he was good. dominating what about for the Rays, any yeah wander didn't play uh, margo uh 
Margot played. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Rose Brandon Rose. Lau played. Meadow Rosarena. Uh, Rose Rosarena did not play. Um, Austin Meadows played. Oh, okay. Uh, so Charlie Moore just shut them down. Honestly, he did, yeah. and he was only there in there for four and a th- two thirds. Wow. Okay. But anyways, back to Formula One. Yeah. Continue on. Important one. What I have seen from the two first two races is that Red Bull is actually a contender. Their first race of the season was just uh, bad luck, and a little bit of bad luck this week, this past week too, because Sergio Perez was leading the race. The entire time, and then he goes in. He gets screwed over by a crash happening, and him going into the pits a little too early. It was just un- unfortunate, or else he possibly could have ended up winning the race because he had a demanding lead. I I, I saw during the highlights, right. but then Verstappen took over, uh, challenged past Charles Leclerc with about maybe I think four laps left. So that was very exciting to see. You always want to see it to be challenging up to the last two races, if anything. But Ferrari as a team, though, is they they could run away with the Constructors' Championship because these past two times they have – these past two races, first two races, they have had both of their racers on the podium. Okay. In first and second or second and third. Right. And that equals a lot of points for the team to where it's – I mean, they're right now up in the Constructors' 40 points. Which is a good amount. Mm-hmm. That's that you can overcome that. Right. Red Bull can overcome that within a within a uh, within one good weekend. Yeah. But if they're consistent like they have been, like just one to two guys, mainly two guys on the podium, second and third, first and third, any type of combination mm-hmm. that stacks up a lot of points as the team. Which I think that's what Ferrari is mainly focused on is making sure the team gets good before they make sure that the drivers are in the right place to win. Because if they can win the Constructors' Championship this year, mm-hmm. then they can focus on, all right, let's get Charles Leclerc right. a Drivers' Championship right. now. Because they obviously have the structure, the foundation in place mm-hmm. to push up their their number one driver in Charles Leclerc. So I still think Max Verstappen is the favorite, especially right. after winning this week. Uh, there is not a, There's not going to be a race this coming week. But next week is the Australian Grand okay. Prix. I will be back home for that. But it is at 1 a.m., Jed. Are you going to wow. be watching I, it? I, will, I don't miss these races anymore after I started watching the Netflix series Drive to Survive. So I will definitely be up for that. Uh, do you have a prediction for who you think the top three will be? The top three I will be going with. I'll be going with uh, in no specific order. Okay. I'll say. That's fine. I'll just keep like that. I think it's going to be Verstappen, Claire, and Hamilton. Okay. I think it's – I want to finally have a race with the three – what people considered preseason to be the three contenders for the Drivers' Championship. Right. I want Hamilton to finally show up. He started in, I believe, 15th place wow. this past race, and he ended up in 10th place. Wow. So I really want him to show up and, like, make it a challenge. I love to – if I could have those top three right yeah. there, that – that means it was a good race. Do you have a uh, dark horse candidate uh, for someone that could come out of nowhere and win the race? Whether I I do I yeah. do if it all depends, uh, it kind of goes in hand in hand with um, 
with Mercedes okay. is George Russell. Okay. He uh he's been driving really good. He ended up in fifth place, and I think that's not because of his driving ability, but because of the car that he's driving right mm-hmm. now. Because obviously Hamilton, who's a seven-time world champion, is also struggling with the car. So they have a week off to figure out to fix the car. Hopefully that week helps them, in which a dark horse candidate to win the entire race, the entire Grand Prix, could possibly be George Russell. Okay. I like it. I like it. I will definitely be tuning into that, as I always do. And um, where do we go next now, Eric? Now we can go back to the NFL and talk about Bruce Arians. He got fired. No, no, he did not no. get fired. He got <laughs> retired. He got retired. I <laughs> saw jokes that he like got fired by Tom Brady. Or something. Yeah, he got yeah. retired, and he got. Mo- but he's moving to the front office end yeah. of it. And Todd Bowles is taking his place. He already signed an extension. Yeah, five-year extension. Five-year extension with the Bucks. I have not read that much into it yet, so can you tell us why he essentially moved to the front office? Um, well, obviously age with him is a factor and health is also a factor, but uh, deep down I think this has a lot to do with Tom Brady and a lot to do with the fact that Tom Brady didn't want him as his coach anymore. I don't think Tom Brady comes back if if this wasn't already in the works. Obviously, we're never going to know if this was really true or not. And apparently, Bruce Arians is taking this role in the front office, and then it's going to fully retire um, after this next season. Um, it's very interesting. I don't obviously, like I said, I don't know if this is the case. Do Do you think it's possible that the reason why Bruce Arians is stepping away because of the influence that Tom Brady has on a team? Yes. Yeah. I I didn't know that. I guess. Brady wasn't happy with Bruce Arians yeah, being wasn't. his head coach, yeah. um, but I was. I guess that must have been that must have developed over the 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 two years that Brady has been in Tampa. Because yeah. why else would he have come into Tampa in the first place? Because well, Bruce right. Arians was already here. I, I just think for him it, it was a very different um, approach for for a head coach. Obviously, with Bill Belichick and Bruce Arians, they have very different styles of head coaching and obviously Bruce Arians is a lot more in your face, you know, this and that. And Belichick, you know, he he gets, you know, amped up sometimes, but he's, he's not really going to be be that Bruce Arians type of coach. But apparently, uh, this is all speculation, Tom Brady wasn't happy with uh, Bruce Arians not really giving him the basically the keys to the team. It really was kind of Bruce Arians kind of overshadowing what Tom Brady was kind of, do, kind of trying to do. So... I think that's a major reason why Tom Brady came back because um, maybe he knew that Bruce Arians wasn't going to be the coach. Not saying that I don't think Todd Bowles is a better option. I don't. I'm surprised of that contract extension. Yeah. I mean, I even I think if they want if they wanted to stay in house, which they probably would have had to do, I think Byron Leftwich would have been a better option just because he's their offensive coordinator and he, he deserved to get a co- coaching job in this cycle. And we've seen Todd Bowles um, – with the Jets coach, and it wasn't great. So this, it was a very interesting uh, set of moves. So, like, do you think this changes the outlook of the Bucks? Any, any? I don't. I don't think it changes changes much. Just because Todd Bowles defensively, he had that unit. You know, re- he was he was doing really well as the defensive coordinator, and I think that'll transfer into the head coaching position. Offensive coordinator still intact. A lot of that team is still intact. Um, when you have a Tom Brady led team, I don't. I don't think coaching plays as much of a role as maybe another team, but I, but this is also the first time Tom Brady has been in some type of coaching carousel. True, 
He didn't have to deal with this in New England. But it's the same offensive coordinator, though. I, I get that, but head coaching means it's a different style of leadership. True. Very now true. he's like he didn't like Bruce Arians. Yeah. Who's to say he's gonna enjoy Todd Bowles' leadership? Yeah, I think I think Todd Bowles, from what I've seen, is is a little bit similar to Bill Belichick in their styles of leadership. Obviously, they both have different resumes. That there's no doubt about that. But I would I would like to think that Tom Brady had say a little bit of say in who the next head coach for them was. And I he, I, he wanted someone that would just hand the keys that, that, over. That's the thing. Like, I I think that's possibly why maybe he didn't want Byron Leftwich. He wanted that offensive coordinator position to stay intact. And then, I, I mean, I'm sure he cares about the defensive side of the ball, but he doesn't care as much as that unit um, personnel, coaching-wise being changed because Todd Wolves did a great job, but he wanted his offensive uh, style intact and then a guy that can, like you said, hand him the keys. Yeah, so. exactly. So you think this whole retirement thing was just some type of blackmail? I like I don't know. Obviously, I just I get that feeling that it it, it has a lot to do with because we all know that Tom Brady. It's not like he wasn't performing at a high level. Like yeah. he still had plenty left in the tank. I just think as as the season went on, that relationship with Bruce Arians began to deteriorate, and and obviously he wanted to play with you know all of his teammates that had nothing to do with it. The team successful, um, but I think the relationship. Just like the relationship with Belichick that started to deteriorate, deteriorate as time went on, same thing started to happen, I guess, with Brady and Arians. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I think when there's, like, like coaching carousel, it, it can be hard to, to get that stability again. And I know it's Tom Brady. and But I don't know. I mean, you, you, ch- you changed what works. Yeah. I wouldn't say that the Bucks were broken, so no. I don't see a reason to or what needed to be fixed as a result. I, I get Tom Brady didn't like uh, uh, playing under Bruce Arians and stuff like that, but like pasture's not always greener. True, very true, and obviously we'll see how this works out with Todd Bowles taking over. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be a major role that Bruce Arians has in the front office. Probably some sort of um, assistant position where he just is sort of like a um, a special assistant to probably one of the top executives on that team. But uh, this is a good time to transfer over to what I what the segment that I'm adding right now in regards to the um, NFL coaching head coaching picture. And obviously in that one, we know why Bruce Arians wasn't in this picture. Um, so basically, I don't know if you're familiar with this annual picture that's taken every year. I always look forward to it. You can take a look at it while I'm talking about it. Um, every year, all the most of the coaches come together to um, to meet. It's usually in Florida. They all come together and they're all you know working on coming up with a new set of rules for possibly the next year. Jesus Christ! And, that rule does and, not and, look and like the funny thing is, a lot of them don't come because someone like Bill Belichick, he's not affiliated with the NFL Players Association, so he's not required to be there. Along with some other coaches, sometimes just do not decide to be there. But the point of this photo is. Is there's always a group of group of coaches that look very out of place and look very disoriented as you look through the, look through the photos and people all throughout uh, sports media come up with different little sayings or memes about what the coach is possibly saying or what the coach looks like. Um, 
So I, I found I found something on Barstool Sports posted by Big Cat uh, p- talking about some of the coaches and, and what they look like in this photo. Eric's looking at it now. Um, the, the guy that stood out immediately was Matt Rule. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the photo, I mean, first of all, Matt Rule's a unit. I mean, he's just he's a but <laughs> but the way the way he looks, this this saying absolutely represents probably how he's feeling. Um, the award he got was the I gambled my career on Sam Darnold award. It's accurate. It, yeah. it is. He looks like he gambles <laughs> in that photo. He he looks like he just woke up, wrinkled, khaki pants, looks slumped over a little bit, unmaintained um, beard. Yeah, and then like on the reverse side of that, you got someone like Sean McVay, <laughs> who who knows he just won a Super Bowl and and he's displaying that in this photo. The award that he received was the I just won a Super Bowl award. Ask me about my Super Bowl. I won that shit. No big deal award. Hands hands like this. I don't you know crossed in front of him, smiling. The glasses, the watch. There's no wrinkles in his clothing. That's for sure. <laughs> that that is for sure. Um. A couple other ones that are funny in this one. Um, there's, there's not, like when you look at these, there's there's a lot of guys that you don't even know just because there a lot of them are new coaches. But one that I one that I thought was funny is they have all three bald headed coaches. I know standing <laughs> standing in the same spot: Robert Sala, who Nathaniel put, Hackett, and Brian Dable. Who put Dable in back row? <laughs> who put uh, Dable like? I saw uh, Rivera, uh, Ron Rivera in like the second row, and that man looked like a giant. And then you put, yeah, you put like small man Dable yeah. in the back row where you can only see the light hitting off his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they have uh, my my guy Mike McDaniel, Dolphins head coach. He chose a, a very unique uh, style of attire. He has the he has the nice you know button down shirt, but then he has the um, the classic wife beater undershirt under that and you know he he clearly knew that was going on when he decided to wear white he knew that i was gonna you know see through like that very very interesting choice there and then uh, i'll get to i'll get to a couple more because this is just this is just great i laugh at it every year um i don't know about you um without without looking without knowing looking at the name do you know who this is no so that's Josh McDaniels. He looks like a police officer. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about Josh McDaniels is <laughs> he was never that heavy. He looks like he gained. It even says in the, the title, it he looks like, like he gained he, about 30 pounds. He looked like he ate Josh I mean, McDaniels. look at him right here. Yeah. He's yeah. been stress eating over the draft. <laughs> yeah, that, I thought that one was very interesting. Um, last one I'll get to because I know Eric has plans after this. Um, yeah, um, uploading this. Um, that's a good one. Oh well, for some reason they decided to hide Andy Reid in the back, and he's always Bro, the star of this photo with yeah. his Hawaiian apparel and the stash. Yeah, they they put him behind. They put him behind uh, Zach Taylor, Matt Lafleur, Sean McDermott. Oh my God! Only Sean McDermott. McDer- McDermott. McDermott. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I I love this photo. I'll post it on our um, Instagram page for everyone to get a look Please at. You do. can tell me who everyone thinks is their is their favorite coach in this photo. But 
Yeah, that was a nice little addition to the show. That I to wrap to up this episode, yeah. it is the final four predictions. Yes. Kansas versus Villanova. I need Kansas to win. You do. You do. I have I'm in a little forty dollar pot right now. Yeah. And Kansas win. I you win. win. Yep. I win. Even if they even if they don't make it even if they don't win the national championship really. Yeah. I it, just need Villanova yeah. eliminated because it's between me and one other guy right. and is Villanova winning it all and I have Kansas. So, so I'm assuming I'm going Kansas winning. Jayhawks, baby. You have them they're they're favored by four and a half right now. Oh yeah. Give me that give me the line. Okay. And then the the big game. This the, is the, the big the, game. This is this big is, game. Big deal. You can't write this up any better. Pretty big. Yeah. Duke, North Carolina. Um Last time these two teams faced off, North Carolina won on Duke's home court. Coach K's final game at Duke at home. He was pissed after that. Pissed. And, you know, I, I know he wants his revenge in this one. Not going to be easy. North Carolina, hottest team, one of the hottest teams in the tournament. Upset a one seed. Got all the way here. Upset a four seed. But Duke's favored by four right now. Who do you have in this one? Give me the K-ster. Give me Coach K. He's- Cover that. To cover that. Oh yeah, like give me cute little run, but they uh they took my sweet little St. Peter's out of the running, so I'm no longer a UNC fan. Give me the Dukesters to go against the Jayhawks. Okay. The Dukies. <laughs> I, I have Duke I have Duke winning as well. I just can't see them losing again to North Carolina. I think they'll definitely learn their lesson. But on the other game, I have Villanova winning. I'll say that. Uh, time and time again. We see Kansas struggle to get back to the, the championship game. I don't think they've been back since, I believe, 2006. Um, by do. the way, teams west of the Mississippi River have not gotten to a national championship in 20 – oh, not 25 years. Obviously, it's not 25 years. Kansas was the last time. Um, so the odds are against them. Villanova has been in, this, been in this spot many times, and I expect them to take care of business beat Kansas, ruin Eric's chances of getting that $40 pot, and life goes on. Give me the Dukies versus the Hawks. And then the Hawks to finish it off. <laughs> Coach Gay may have a nice little run to get to the national championship, but he's not going to have a nice send-off. <laughs> I'm going to take Duke over Villanova. It's interesting. We've only seen it would be a two-versus-two matchup, and that is a very rarity in, in the men's basketball tournament. There's only been, like, I believe six two-seeds to win the championship, so we could be seeing history be made once again. Give me Duke. Coach K gets sent off correctly. No. Um, no, 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 no. And that's that. That's that, guys. That was episode 47, the Dexter... Clink Clink scale. scale. Clink scale. Episode. We hope you enjoyed. Look at that. That almost made 40 minutes wow. there. Look at that. I told you I can I can I can push it. Record numbers on this episode. Exactly. I'm you right now. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Peace out.